Are you ready to take your business to the next level? Every day, there are countless books and articles that are published offering the key on how to make your business a success. It's easy to feel overwhelmed trying to keep up and run your business. That's why Deb Creer created the Business Power Hour. Keep up on the latest trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. Let the Business Power Hour do the heavy work for you. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And I am so excited to talk to today's guest. It's actually somebody who has done more podcast episodes by a lot than I have. And so that's always great fun. But we're going to be talking about such a fun subject that I promise everybody's going to get something out of. So please join me in welcoming Jeremy Ryan Slate to our program today. Welcome, Jeremy. How are you? Hey, Deb. Thanks for having me. Um, I'm doing well. Um, we're getting getting into fall here. So I've been doing a lot of things to prep the barn and, and all that kind of stuff for winter because we've got a lot of rats in the barn at the moment. And uh, we're trying to trying to handle that because the chickens don't like them so much. So, you know, just kind of getting ready for winter here, chopping a lot of firewood, you know, all that kind of jazz. I know this winterizing stuff. You know, I live in Atlanta and I'm from Colorado. So, you know, we don't winterize much down here. And on on the few occasions where we get two or three snowflakes, it's just absolutely hilarious. Um, Well, it's like September kind of starts that process. So like Mm -hmm. I was pointing my Mm -hmm. chimney last month, Mm -hmm. all that fun stuff. Yep. Oh, I know. (laughs) You know, we've, we've, my neighbors were planting new flowers yesterday. So yeah, it's, it's very entertaining living down here. Well, let me tell people a little bit about you and then we will jump into this. So Jeremy, Jeremy Ryan Slate is the host of the Create Your Own Life podcast, which studies the highest performers in the world, as well as he is the CEO of Command Your Brand. He holds a BA from Seton Hall University in Catholic theology and world religions with a concentration in Judaism. Jeremy studied Catholic literature at Oxford University, as well as holding a master's in Roman emperor worship from Seton Hall University. His podcast was named the number one podcast to listen to by Inc. Magazine, holy cow, in 2019, as well as Top 40 Under 40 by Podcast Magazine in 2022. He's the author of the best-selling book, Unremarkable to Extraordinary, Ignite Your Passion to Go from Passive Observer to Creator of Your Own Life. He has also written the upcoming book, Command Your Brand, Grow Your Impact, Income, and Influence in the New Media Landscape. Jeremy and his wife, Brielle, co-founded Command Your Brand, which is a new media public relations agency designed to help entrepreneurs share their message by appearing as podcast guests. He resides in Stillwater, New Jersey, where, as he said, he raises chickens and is a former competitive power lifter. So again, Jeremy, welcome. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I'm just uh, excited to hang out today. I love it. We are going to have so much fun. You know, and I always like to find out from my guests how it is that they got to where they are today. So tell us a little bit about that, because you have quite the background. Yeah, I'm like one of those people that wins Jeopardy in the privacy of my own home because uh, I have so many of these like weird interests. Mm-hmm, I, don't, I don't know mm-hmm. how to explain it. Um, we uh, when, whenever I tra- we, I travel a lot, so whenever mm-hmm. I travel with my wife, 
Like, I feel like I end up being her tour guide wherever we're mm-hmm. going. Like, because mm-hmm. I, I took Latin for 13 years. So, oh. like, you know, I go to we, we go to Italy or we go to Greece uh-huh, or something uh-huh. like that. And I'm like reading the transcripts and, yep. or, or, you know, reading all the inscriptions and things like mm-hmm. that. And I'm like, you know, honey, um, you know, Romans didn't actually speak Latin. They only read it. They spoke Greek. And she goes, I didn't know that. Wow. Um, so it's, you know, that's tends to be how I am. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a little bit of a, a weird individual. And for me, like entrepreneurship wasn't really something mm-hmm. I chose, right? I, mm-hmm. I, for me, I always wanted to be a teacher. Right. And I, as, as you said, I had, you know, a, a background in, in Catholic theology mm-hmm. and my goal was to really be like a, a college level history professor. Mm-hmm. And things changed for me a lot in that school experience. I think part of it as well is I'd never really explored like, what do I want to do as a career? Mm-hmm. So I kind of just did something I was good at, which is continue to be a student. Mm-hmm. I've always been really good at right. you know, learning and experiencing mm-hmm. things and things like that. So to me, it just seemed like a natural progression of mm-hmm. if you're going to continue learning, you teach and that's how mm-hmm. it works. Right. And when I was 24, my mom ended up having a really, really bad Ooh. stroke. And I was mm-hmm. in my first year, first, second year actually of, of teaching mm-hmm. uh, in private school. Mm-hmm. And it made me look, look at a lot of the different things that I'm doing in my life. And I'm like, is this really what I want to be doing? Mm-hmm. Like, is this really what I'm good at? Mm-hmm. Is this really what I want to spend the rest of my life mm-hmm. doing? And when I looked at it, the answer was no. Mm. And I think the interesting thing about it, Deb, is it took me a real year to get the courage to do mm-hmm. anything with it. And it, so well, this was in 2012. So it wasn't until 2013. I said, mm-hmm. you know what? I'm going to try and do something. Mm-hmm. So my my wife, who at that point in time was my fiance, had seen a network marketing presentation, mm-hmm. didn't know what it was. Um, mm-hmm. So I saw that and I'd be like, I'm going to be a millionaire in like three weeks. Hey, it sounds good. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it sounds great. You know, I just need like five people and we're good to go. Mm-hmm. So um, needless to say, it didn't happen like that. But I actually called the principal of the school mm-hmm. and I quit to go full time in network marketing. Wow. Not the best plan, uh-huh. but it was the plan. It was the plan I mm-hmm. chose. And I will say it was the best boot camp that I've ever had to mm-hmm. like learning how to actually run a business. Mm-hmm. It isn't what I do today, but it did really get me started. Mm-hmm. And I went from there to um, selling life insurance. Mm-hmm. Um, I sold products online for mm-hmm. a bit. And I actually ended up working at a friend's marketing company. Mm-hmm. I had taught myself how to build websites from watching YouTube videos and and, and reading blogs. So I started uh, building websites for this mm-hmm. person's company. And I started a podcast as a hobby. Mm-hmm. And that podcast saw 10,000 listens in its first month. And I was like, wow, I guess I've, I've really got mm-hmm. something here. And I went full-time into that in 2016, and mm-hmm. we started our first company, which was called Get Featured Media, which mm-hmm. we had a business partner. Things really didn't go so well, mm-hmm. and we I, we kept a lot of the employees on, mm-hmm. and I kept paying them, and that's where Command Your Brand came from. It was okay. actually the employees left from that first company, mm-hmm. and we've been running Command Your Brand mm-hmm. since 2017. I love it. You know, and obviously I like it because you deal with getting people on podcasts. Um, And, you know, I firmly believe that it is one of the best ways to get your message out there. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's, it's a little bit tricky because there are, I don't know. I have, I, I have no idea what the stats are now. Millions of podcasts. We'll just go with a really big number. Um, You know, and, and so it is hard but, you know, I was looking at your podcast and you talk about this a little bit in your book also. You do not shy away from guests that might be a little controversial, um, you know, and now mine's a business podcast, you know, sure. a, a very rare. Now, I have annoyed a couple people and I'm always kind of like, really? <laughs> um, you know, and, and but those have those have actually been times when I've deviated from talking pure business. Mm. But, you know, it's it's 
I like that with your podcast, you you truly own it. I mean, you know, you talk obviously with the people who you want to talk to. Um, and but talk to us a little bit more about that because that to me is gonna lead us into the conversation about being un, you know, about unremarkable to extraordinary. Yeah, it's it's tough because I've always been somebody that, you know, I don't like to ruffle any feathers. Mm-hmm. I like to, you know, keep people getting along because mm-hmm. I want a lot of people to get along and work right, together. But at right. the same time, mm-hmm. you know, over the last several years, I, I observed a lot of things in the world that mm-hmm. I didn't like. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my wife's like, you can keep complaining about it or you mm-hmm. can do something about right. it. And it's, you know, she's very right. And it's mm-hmm. wise you know, woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, you know, my my oldest daughter is five mm-hmm. um, and my my youngest is is almost three. And we have mm-hmm. another one on the way. Oh. And, um, you know, I looked at that and I'm like, mm-hmm. do I want my kids to look at me and say, mm-hmm. daddy, did you do things that actually matter in the world? Right. You know, like, did you like try to make this world a better place for mm-hmm. me? When I looked at that, I was kind of like, no, I'm just, you know, it's another, you know, mm-hmm. best-selling author or another mm-hmm. this or another that. And it's not to say those things are bad, mm-hmm. but I think at the same time to to actually make this world a better place, sometimes we have to talk about things that mm-hmm. are those really difficult subjects where maybe right. neighbors don't talk to each other for mm-hmm. a couple of weeks and things mm-hmm. like that. But it's how we actually get to a resolution. Mm-hmm. There's a, a really great um I'm a big G.K. Chesterton fan. So there's a really great, mm-hmm. great Chesterton quote that he says, um, I never discuss anything except politics and religion. There is nothing Ooh. else to discuss. <laughs> and those are the things that people don't want to mm-hmm. talk about. Right. And because I will we say were that always I, told, no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that the, the problem is, too, though, is like if you look at it based on political paradigms, mm-hmm. like I think we're pushed into the politics of things and right. then you got to pick a team. Like I like mm-hmm. this team or like that team. Yeah. And it's, what it's are, there's no middle ground, which really right. we're almost all middle ground. Right. And that's why I try to focus on like, what are the cultural issues mm-hmm. we need to talk about? Right. Like, you know, what are our thought processes on things? Mm-hmm. Where can mm-hmm. we get to? Because I think when we get there, mm-hmm. like, hey, you know, maybe we don't agree, but we can both appreciate we love this place and we want right. to make it a better place. And mm-hmm. those are the conversations I'm I'm trying to have. Mm-hmm. And it had to take a lot of courage to get there because mm-hmm. initially, um, I will say it's also a learned skill and how to discuss those things in that mm-hmm. way. And I've, I've gotten better with that with the years. Mm-hmm. But initially I had a lot of my audience, you know, call me names and say different mm-hmm. things. And I lost over 50% of my audience in mm-hmm. 2020. But at the same time, where I look at where I'm at now, our YouTube audience has tripled in size. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're, we're having greater guests than we ever had before. Mm-hmm. So I think, I feel like I'm actually making an impact and I can look mm-hmm. myself in the mirror in the morning and say, right. this is what I believe mm-hmm. and this is what I'm doing for the world. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and you mentioned a word that is actually the first chapter of your book. It takes courage. And, you know, I, I I enjoyed reading your book. I shared before the program. It was so funny. I was going through and taking notes. And then I realized everything <laughs> I wrote down was actually, actually your, your chapter titles. So it was like, ooh, okay. So this this made sense. But, you know, I, I love the book because it, it it's, I, I guess you could call it inspirational and motivational. But, you know, it was more a lot of just real life examples and I think that's always so important because when we think, hey, you know, I want to do X, we think, oh, I can't do, nobody's ever done that. Oh my gosh. You know, and, and when we see people that we can relate to, then it's like, okay, you know, and, and, and more importantly, I think a lot of times we, we read these stories and we're like, wow, they had it a lot worse than I did. There's no excuse <laughs> for me, Right. Well, I like to say it's the personal development book for people mm-hmm. that hate personal development. Yes. Because I think mm-hmm. because because when I look at it, Deb, like 
sure, you can go talk to yourself 50 times in the mirror, mm-hmm. but like the thing missing is what you're going to do. Right. And, you know, I've actually learned a lot more from the mistakes I've made, mm-hmm. frankly. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and, and it's taught me, you know, what to do and what not mm-hmm. to do. So I think for me, I'm somebody that's inspired more by people that attempt things, mm-hmm. try things and try to make them mm-hmm. go right. right. Because I think in this society, we've, we've made it a problem to lose. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think if, you know, if you've lost and you figured out how to never mm-hmm. lose again, well, then that's a, that's a wonderful thing. It's right. a great lesson to learn. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of people are just terrified to learn mm-hmm. that lesson. And I think it takes courage to do that. Like you mm-hmm. go into a situation saying, you know, um, despite personal danger, right? And there's mm-hmm. different levels of personal danger. So for mm-hmm. some people, it may be physical. For other people, it may be mm-hmm. mental. For other people, it may be like mm-hmm. um, societal, whatever it right. may be. But for you, whatever that personal danger is, you take mm-hmm. action going forward. Mm-hmm. And you're going to get some, it's really interesting. I've heard Grant Cardone talk about this in his book, The 10X Rule. He talks about, you know, you're going to go out initially when you do something and you're going to get negativity and you're mm-hmm. going to get pushback and you're going to get right. everything else. But what you're going to find is the longer you push, the longer mm-hmm. you keep showing up, you're going to see that that pushback turn into admiration. Mm-hmm. It comes back around. Right. Because you look at it and people say, whoa, well, you've been doing this for eight years, nine years, mm-hmm. 10 years. And it's, you know, look what you've accomplished. Mm-hmm. But in the beginning, those same people were, why would you do this? What mm-hmm. are you doing? Are you crazy? Right. And I think it's that admiration when you have the staying power and the ability to push mm-hmm. through is, is where it changes. Right. You know, and we talk about it a lot on this program that a lot of times those negative Nellies, shall we call them, are they're in many ways trying to protect you. Yes. Oh, Jeremy, are. Jeremy, no, 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 you shouldn't do that. Um, it won't work, you know, and 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 that comes, you know, it starts really early, right? Now, you know, Jeremy, don't put your hand on the hot stove is very different <laughs> than do you really want to be a chef? Are you sure? Hmm. You know, and 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 so learning to tell the difference between people who really are just trying to help. And then, of course, you've got just the people who want to break you down. Right. Right. Because they might be jealous. Um, mm-hmm. But how do you get past the voices in your head to mm. say, you know what, I am going to do this or I'm at least going to try? Yeah. Well, I think there's a couple parts to this. So let's kind of let's kind of break this down. First, mm-hmm. I want to there's a that's a really good distinction you made between the people that just care about you and mm-hmm. the other ones that either feel threatened by your success, mm-hmm. whatever it may be. And I'll I'll show you the difference. You know, your 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 parent may say to you, like, oh, you know, um, why would you try XYZ? Because they're afraid you're gonna lose money, right? And right. they want to see you mm-hmm. do well. But when you see somebody else that says, Why would you go to college? You're not that bright anyway. Mm-hmm. That's a person you gotta worry about. That's cool. Oh, yeah. That's a person that that (laughs) Mm -hmm. smiles to your face while the knife is going in your back. Right. So what you got to take a look at is you got to look at, first Mm -hmm. of all, where does that come from? Does Mm -hmm. that come from somebody that cares about me Mm -hmm. or is that a smile with a knife Mm -hmm. in my back? That's Mm -hmm. the the first, the first differentiation Mm -hmm. I would make. Um, From there, I would say the voices in your head. I think that the, the thing you have to take a look at, and I can only give you my life experience and what's worked for me. I am a huge fitness person. Mm -hmm. So I know if I work out early in the day, Mm-hmm. I'm going to be doing better physically. I'm mm-hmm. going to be doing better mentally. And it's how I show up. It's right. it's a big part of what's mm-hmm. worked for me. So if I'm working out every single day, like I know I'm physically going to be doing mm-hmm. better and I'm going to have to deal with less of, you know, those things telling me mm-hmm. I can't do something. Mm-hmm. I would also say as well, it's really important to have the right people around you. Mm-hmm. And even from like, for me, I've been in the same small group mastermind for years now mm-hmm. and it's the same you know, five guys that mm-hmm. we talk together once a month. And mm-hmm. then we also, every quarter we have a get together where we go to a different part of the country. Mm. And it's having those people that mm-hmm. 
They're not afraid to say Mm -hmm. something to you that maybe you wouldn't accept from somebody else because they know that criticism is going to help you. Mm -hmm. But they're also there to say, come on, man, you can do this. And I think Mm -hmm. you have to have the right people around Mm you because life's going to hit you. Right. People are going to hit you. And Mm -hmm. you got to understand, like, you need somebody there to lift Mm -hmm. you up. So I would say it's definitely multifaceted. It's Mm -hmm. understanding the people that are saying it because they care versus Mm -hmm. the people that are saying it because they're threatened. Mm -hmm. And you also have to look at it as like, how do I keep myself Mm -hmm. in a good space so that I can continue to move forward? Right. You know, and and it's interesting because in your book, you talk about the fact that, you know, ultimately we have to define our own success, Um, you know, but we are still going to care what people say, Uh, you know, and and that is the, the, the kind of tricky part. Because, you know, we're, and maybe it's that we're social creatures, you know, we, we do crave that attention. We crave people saying, Hey, you did a great job. Um, You know, it was funny. I had somebody early today. I I co-host another podcast with this wonderful gentleman. It's called cancer and comedy. And we actually won an award. I mean, I was like, whoa. <laughs> um, you know? And and to me, that was like really cool. And and he was so cute because he said, Oh, I'm sure you've won other awards, but I haven't. Um, you know, and, and so to win this award, now he's done the vast majority of the work. I tell people, you know, he's Johnny Carson and I'm Ed McMahon. Um, but uh, but you know, to that, you know, to have that loose sight. I think probably it is, you know, that little, I don't even, you know, it was, was just cool to, to know, oh my gosh, somebody acknowledged us, but we also have to do this without knowing anybody may ever acknowledge us, but we do Mm -hmm. it because as you said, it's important to us kind of uh, maybe in our core, in our soul, um, we just have to do it. Well, and I think as well, and I I think, I think this is in the book. I don't remember. I don't remember if it's in the book or this is something I just said outside of the book, but like you have to like, I think too often we 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 seek to do things to be liked or admired. Mm-hmm. And I think you you can't as hard as it is you have to not put that in the line because you have to look at right. it this way. Like the people I'm trying to live for, would mm-hmm. they ever die for me? And mm-hmm. if the answer is no, then you probably shouldn't be living right. your life for those mm-hmm. other people. And so I think you have to you have to really really weigh that. Mm-hmm. So far too often we make decisions for, well, what is this person going to think of me? Or what mm-hmm. is society going to think mm-hmm. of me? Or how is this person going to judge me? Right. Well, you know what? If they're not my wife or kids or, or my or my God, I don't mm-hmm. really care. You right. know, I think that's what you have to really think about. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and and it is interesting because there are those those few people that the opinion really does matter. Um, you know, and 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 you don't want to disappoint them, but you also want to be able to do it. And maybe explain to them, this is why I had to go ahead and do this. Um, like you said, you know, you quit your job without really knowing what you That was crazy, doing. by the way. Right. You know, <laughs> I mean, that's, you know, not a lot of people do that. But, you know, it, at the same point, you, I, you know, you may have also told your parents, you know, your fiance, you just had to do it. You just really had to do it. And yes. if they care they'll support you in whatever way is needed. You know, even if it's just to say, you go for it. You know, we, we got your back. Um, I have a friend who, you know, she's, she's very cute. We almost never talk, but every once in a while she'll post on Facebook and all she'll say to me is I got your six, which uh-huh. you know, means she's got my back. Right. And, and t- that just, that means a lot that, you know, she's there, you know, kind of, kind of if I need her. Well, it's interesting because initially I didn't have that from my dad. Um, and I don't mean like from like the perspective of he was critical or anything like that, mm-hmm. but he's he's somebody that 
you know, he didn't finish high school. Mm -hmm. He went back and got his GED later mm -hmm. on. So like everything he earned was very hard earned. Right. And I'm very, pr I'm very proud mm -hmm. of what mm -hmm. he's been able to do without, you know, a huge education mm -hmm. background. He started the machine shop mm -hmm. at a company and then was the vice president by the time he retired. Mm -hmm. So that was all hard earned sweat equity. Mm -hmm. But for him, he was like, the, the model was different, right? Like you get a place mm -hmm. for 40 years, you stay right. there and then you got you get the a watch. watch. And <laughs> I was just going to say that you get a watch when you retire. Like that's uh -huh. how it works. And like, for me, like, that's just not the life plan I wanted mm -hmm. to live. So the thing I've had to understand with, with my dad, especially is just understanding his reality is just very mm -hmm. different right. from mine, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, they, they live in a retirement community in Florida. Mm -hmm. They love it. That's mm -hmm. my nightmare. You know what I mean? It's like, you have to look at mm -hmm. like what, what works for you and where you're mm -hmm. coming from. So I think the thing that I've found though, is for me, um, you and I were talking before we started recording here that I've mm -hmm. interviewed a lot of athletes because I I am a huge baseball fan. Mm -hmm. I I love sports. So what I've found for me is like when I could send those different interviews to my dad, like, you know, hey dad, mm -hmm. I interviewed Johnny Damon, mm -hmm. or you know, I I talked to Mariano Rivera today right. or something like that. And I could send those to him. To him, that was seen as winning, right? Mm -hmm. So you have to right. figure out what is that thing that mm -hmm. helps to further that relationship. You right. know what I mean? Right. You know, and my parents are the exact same way. They, you know, my my father. Um, he was in his forties when I was born and, you know, and, and I, you know, only child. So, you know, here comes this wackadoodle redhead who went off in 200 different directions. Um, you know, and, and, um, I am right at the end of being a baby boomer. So, you know, it was expected that I would maybe go to college, but I would get married and have kids. And I was like, I don't think so. Um, you know, I didn't get married until I was in my 30s. And, you know, bless my dad. You know, he's he passed away quite a few years ago, but I knew he had absolutely no clue what I did. I mean, he just, you know, but he still supported it. And I think that was was the important thing. Yeah. And th I think that's the, the thing with my dad that I found is just the longer I've pushed and the longer I've been mm -hmm. around is the more there's been the appreciation. Right. He's somebody that he mm -hmm. has to... He has to see the statistics and the mm -hmm. production to be able to mm -hmm. appreciate it. And I, I don't right. think that's a bad thing either because that's actually yeah. pretty sane, right? Mm -hmm. Like you have to, a, a lot of people will will do things for different mm -hmm. reasons. But for me, basing things on production and what you mm -hmm. actually see, that's that's also a big deal. Mm -hmm. Right, right. So I want to talk a little bit about education. And I loved reading this in your book because, you know, you've got a bunch of advanced degrees. I've got a bunch of advanced degrees it's just, I like learning, you know, you like learning, yes. I mean, all these various things, but you know, there's learning for the sake of learning, right. That, and that's, that's fine. I mean, we do that all that the should time. be a lifelong process, right? Yes. We should be, you know, until the time we take our last breath, we should be learning something. Um, but you know, society in many ways says you must go to college. You must do all of this. And in your book, you talk about how much more life experiences are important than, shall we say, that book learning, those advanced mm -hmm. degrees. Well, it's you have to also look at where our education system came from. Right. You know, our education system came from, you know, the Austro-Hungarian system, which mm -hmm. was trying to build soldiers around the turn of the century. Mm -hmm. And then you also look at it came from the Industrial Revolution, mm -hmm. where we want to make factory workers. Right. So it, it wasn't made to, to create people that think, mm -hmm. right? right? It was you take in information, you use mm -hmm. the information, you, you do, do the information. Mm -hmm. Right. So the big thing that I've, and this has come from my life experience and also mm -hmm. the, the thousands of conversations I've had as a, as a host, mm -hmm. the missing thing is application. And mm -hmm. I find that I value your ability to apply and your aptitude mm -hmm. so much more 
than just your knowledge base, right? Mm -hmm. Because somebody's ability to apply and get things done Mm -hmm. is what's most valuable. Mm -hmm. So to me, I think that's not what college currently educates for. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I'm a big I have a degree in social science. I have a degree in history. Like, come on now. (laughs) What am I going to do? Go name things at a museum? Like, come on now. But like, I'll study it for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I enjoyed that process and Mm -hmm. actually discovered podcasting because of that. And Mm -hmm. I'm still friends with the professor that was my Mm -hmm. advisor. You know, like this is where we're almost 20 years down the road. Mm -hmm. But the thing that I think is missing is if you look at the trades and how the trades Mm -hmm. work, you have... um, a apprenticeship mm-hmm. if you're going to get that to, to, to right. make that as a career. Mm-hmm. And I think actually something that would be great in between high school and college is the idea of an apprenticeship mm-hmm. and not an internship. I want to make the difference right. here because people are like, oh, because you just you go get coffee or something. That's kind of mm-hmm. stupid. Yeah, like to no, me, yeah. an apprenticeship is it's very similar to how the seminary functions. Mm-hmm. And I think people don't always understand the function of seminary. Mm-hmm. Seminary has two purposes. One, to make you a, a priest or a clergy person. Mm-hmm. And the second, decide, do I really want to be here? Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think what happens is you get people going into college committing to a career. Mm-hmm. They find out through the education that they don't want to do that career, right. or maybe that career won't be around when they get mm-hmm. out of school. So I think if you had an apprenticeship for a year or two mm-hmm. years after high school, maybe make high school shorter, mm-hmm. then you get some real mm-hmm. life knowledge and ability. Mm-hmm. And then from there, you decide if you need college or you don't. Right. Like if you're a doctor, you should go to college. I don't yeah, want, you I, I don't want somebody who's watched YouTube yeah. videos. <laughs> yeah. and that's, it's, it's different than working on a car. But do you get what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like, I think mm-hmm. that practical knowledge is so much more valuable. Mm-hmm. And to me, like I, I actually, right after high school and all through college and grad school, I actually mm-hmm. worked for a house painter. Mm. And it was probably one of the best life experience things mm. I ever had. And I've also realized that painters are crazy. Um, we used to we used to hang on wooden ladders 40 feet off the ground. Mm-hmm. We would strap ourselves to chimneys. Mm-hmm. Um, we would take ladders trying to go up steps and we'd put a wood with uh, we put wood on one side of the ladder to try and get it to stand up. Mm-hmm. So we did crazy stuff. But like, oh, yeah. I learned a life skill. I learned the mm-hmm. value of hard work. I learned mm-hmm. where a dollar comes from. Mm-hmm. And I think far too often you have kids coming out of school now. Um, I apologize. I'm soapboxing, but this is really important to me. Um, you have kids that are coming out of school now mm-hmm. that they have this knowledge, but right. they're lacking the application. Mm-hmm. And they think because they have this knowledge, now they need to make, you know, a hundred thousand right. dollars a year. At There's school. no such thing as entry level for them. Right. There's no such thing as entry mm-hmm. level because they don't want to make entry level. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, can you blame them? Cause they mm-hmm. have how many tens of thousands of dollars right. in student loans. So mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's a gift and a curse. Mm-hmm. So to me, I think it would change the economy and the mm-hmm. value of education drastically if there mm-hmm. was some sort of an intern or some right. sort of an apprenticeship available. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, it'd be interesting to ask our friends, you know, what is your college degree in and did you use it? You know, and, and because you're right, there's, there's a statistic about yeah. that in the book and I can't remember. I think it's only like 12% of graduates actually work mm-hmm. in the, with, with the school force or right. something like that. Right. Well, and, you know, and, and you're right. A lot of them now, fortunately, a lot of them get partway through and think, oh, no, 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 no. I mean, I had started, um, I was going to be a lawyer. I don't know why I wanted to be. Oh, I know. I wanted to be a lawyer because I like to argue. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> I don't know. You can be a lot better things if you like to argue. <laughs> I know, you know, and, and um, so I, I was studying political science, right? Okay. Cause that was kind of the thing you went, you got a political science degree and then you got your, your JD. 
Well, I was probably in my sophomore year when I thought, I don't like political science, you know, and more importantly, I didn't really want to be an attorney, uh, you know, and, and so that's when I got my degree in social science. And I did that because I didn't have to take many more math classes. That's a mm. really good reason to get a college degree, right? Yeah. Um, but but then you're right. I got out of college with no real usable skills. Mm-hmm. I could write a killer term paper. I mean, all sorts of stuff. But you know, and and so then I had to go back to school, mm-hmm. and you know, and and I actually have two master's degrees, and you know, it was, and and you know, I would probably go back again, uh, just you know, like I said, you know, lifelong yeah. learner, but yeah, we get out of whatever, and we realize this either was a the wrong thing to do, or b not enough, um, mm-hmm. you know, and and so that's where I lo- I love that idea of let's figure out. Before you spend all that time and money. Exactly. Yeah. Are you in the right spot at the right time? Yeah. And if you, if you look at it too, like, um, do you, do you know who applies, uh, who employs the most, um, uh, most MBAs in the world? No. The United States government. They haven't turned a profit huh. since the seventies. <laughs> <laughs> and they never will. They never but will. That, but the, the, my, my, mm-hmm. my, my point is like, mm-hmm. I think the best teaching is actually by doing because yes. you learn mm-hmm. like you learn what's cutting edge. Right. You learn what's now you learn. Mm-hmm. You learn what not to do. And sometimes mm-hmm. you learn that lesson by some really mm-hmm. bad actions. Right? right. And I think to me, there's a lot of value in that. Like mm-hmm. when I my as I mentioned, those few businesses I went through before I started command your brand, um, one of them was an e-commerce business. Mm-hmm. And um, I learned how to build websites from doing mm-hmm. that. I learned how to build landing pages, mm-hmm. learned how to build funnels, learned how to, t- to run mm-hmm. traffic. I learned all those things. I had to learn, had to, learn mm-hmm. how to do them. I also learned a big thing not to do. I was launching a product on Amazon, and one of the things you want to do is mm-hmm. get the sales volume up so that product right. gets popular, yeah, so you spikes want people, the algorithm. Ooh, ooh bye bye. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it spikes the algorithm, and they buy, buy, mm-hmm. buy. Um, I left the buy my product for a dollar promo mm-hmm. code on my listing, which means ooh. that I was out of business in about ten minutes. Right, but that it was didn't a lesson. Ninety nine cents. You, you right. cost more than a dollar. Mm-hmm. Right, but like, and that's a that's a, a big lesson mm-hmm. I had to learn, and it's something I've kept with me whenever mm-hmm. I'm pricing things or whenever I'm learning right. about you know like what I'm going to do with a new mm-hmm. product or something like that. So those lessons mm-hmm. are hard ones sometimes. Right. Well, and a lot of times, what we do for fun is really what we should be doing. Um, you know, or at least guiding us a, a little bit. Uh, you know, I, I last week a friend of mine asked if I would drive her. I think he's twelve, twelve-year-old son to his robotics class. Oh, that's gotta and, be cool. Yeah, you know, and and so pick him up, and and you know, and and so I'm, you know, we're in the car for like half hour. You know, what am I going to talk to with a twelve-year-old for a half hour? Um, so I asked him, you know, tell me more about what it is that you're doing, and all of these things, and then we talked about what he could be, what he could eventually do with robotics. And, you know, and, and I mean, it was just, he, he tells his mom that I was so cool. I just thought that was like, you know, wow. Um, But, but he was already thinking about that, you know? And, and so we talked about robotics in factories. We talked about robots, maybe doing uh, like the dangerous things, like the bombs, you know, the bomb type of, of robots. Uh, or, you know, something as simple as working at McDonald's and the robot flips the hamburger, sports the, the, you know, the ketchup on, puts it on a bun and away it goes. But we also talked about how you would still need people as part mm-hmm. of that process. And so that's what he is learning about. And so he started telling me a little bit about that. And I thought, this kid's 12. Now he could mm-hmm. change his mind 500 times as to what he wants to do and, and more power to him. But the fact that he was thinking about that was just wonderful. Yeah, I, I I think it's it is so interesting because 
also being innovation minded gets you to look at more solutions as mm-hmm. well, right? I think I think far too often we look at things for, you know, this is the way they've always been, and because right. they've always been this way, we mm-hmm. always have to do them that way. Well, you mm-hmm. don't you don't really get to solutions like that. Mm-hmm. And I think when you're looking for solutions, you find more solutions, mm-hmm. right? So I think that just goes right along with you know, looking at things from that robotics mm-hmm. viewpoint, you're going to find a lot of solutions. And also at the same time, one of the most powerful things to to get people to like you is keep asking them questions about mm-hmm. them. You're going right. to, you're going to find they like mm-hmm. you a whole lot more than if you talk all about yourself. Right. <laughs> right. You know, and yeah, I mean, it was just, it was such a fun conversation and, and it is a lot about what's going on now. I mean, you know, the, the, one of the biggest topics is AI, Yeah. you know, and, and should we use it? Should we not? Well, Okay, first of all, it ain't going away, people. That, that genie is not going back in the bottle. Well, those are the same people that said the internet was a fad, right? Right, right. <laughs> you know, and and you know, good old Al Gore for inventing it, right? Um, you know, but but yeah, it's it is all about how you use it. And mm-hmm. you know, I, I I have kind of embraced it. You know, I use it once or twice a week. I think it's great fun. Um, and you know, but I have also discovered that when I use it, and I just use the free version of chat GPT, because I figure, okay, I don't use it enough to justify the 20 bucks a month, right? <laughs> you know? sure. um, but, you know, it's, to me, it's, it's all about it, it, it you know, it, it's a good first draft. In some cases, it's a really, really good first draft. And I, I don't change very much. Um, or, you know, it just gets you thinking. And, and to me, that's the same as if I were talking to people, if I hired somebody to write a draft of a speech, all of those things. I mean, it's just, it's another tool. Well, I think as well, I think people are terrified about like AI taking my job and things right. like that. And I think the one thing that, that you're going to find is, mm-hmm. There are certain things that human beings can do that AI mm-hmm. will never be able right. to do. It's mm-hmm. not human. Mm-hmm. And the big thing I've looked at is efficiency. Like, where can mm-hmm. we get more efficient? Right. And how can I make us more mm-hmm. profitable? And mm-hmm. how can I make us more productive and everything mm-hmm. else? So, like, even our our podcast editing process, mm-hmm. I've figured out how to take 80% of the work out of it with the right mm-hmm. AI tools. Right. Um, like, what I'm doing now is we're using a tool called... Um, because regular chat GPT is limited to, I think it's like 500 characters or something mm-hmm. like that. But there's a, a Google Sheets plugin, mm-hmm. or Google Sheets and Google, what's the other one called? Docs. There's a plugin oh, yeah. called mm-hmm. GPT for Sheets and Docs. Mm-hmm. So what I can actually do is take a 25-page transcript, mm-hmm. paste it in that, mm-hmm. and I can then say to me, say to it, okay, so based on this, please write me a title, description, and tags for a YouTube video. They're going to help it rank mm-hmm. in search. Right. So I'm able to do things like that. Mm-hmm. That number one, we wouldn't have been able to look at that many mm-hmm. data permutations before, right. and we can actually do a better mm-hmm. job. So, like those are the things I'm looking at. My mm-hmm. my my new favorite thing too is I'm kind of a, a process nerd, Deb. Mm-hmm. Like like I build processes like mm-hmm. for our team and stuff like that. So what I'll actually do is, and I'm using this tool right now. It's called the Crisp.ai. It's mm-hmm. a background sound filter because mm-hmm. sometimes the kids are yelling or something like that, and you don't need to have that in your podcast. Mm-hmm. But what it actually does, and as I have a feature where I can have it do a transcript of me while I'm talking. Mm-hmm. So what I'll do is I'll do a screen recording teaching my team how to do something. Mm-hmm. I'll then have it take a transcript of mm-hmm. me, and then I'll then take that transcript and I'll put it into GPT for Sheets and Docs, and I'll mm-hmm. say, okay, so please write me a step-by-step process that teaches somebody how to do this process. Mm-hmm. Right. So now I've in one foul swoop, I've done a video version of mm-hmm. something and I've done a text version of something mm-hmm. to teach somebody how to do something. Right. So to me, if you can figure out how to be more productive with AI, mm-hmm. it's not going anywhere. Right. Well, and you still have to double check it, you know, because yes. especially if say it's doing a transcript, sometimes we mumble, sometimes we, you know, and, and so it's going to put this word in there that really doesn't make sense. <laughs> you know, and, 
And, but I use it a lot to write my blog posts, um, mm-hmm. you know, and, and this was one of those things where I had the dreaded white screen that I stared at and stared at for months going, I really mm-hmm. should blog. I really should blog. Oh, look, squirrel, shiny white object, uh, you know, all of these various things. And, you know, then when I finally started using it, it took the process from, you know, hours, weeks, like I said, I tried for months to, to do this to about an hour process, you know, mm-hmm. and, and when I figured out, okay, now you have to be more specific. You can't just say, Hey, write a blog post about, I mean, you got to be pretty specific in there yeah. or you can be general and then start drilling down also. But, you know, I, it, I got it to where I can write a blog post or, you know, it, it does a draft for me. I rewrite it so it sounds a little bit more like me. Now, I do know that I could tell it, write it in my style. I just don't have enough content out there, I think, really to, to be doing that yet. But, um, you know, and, and so it takes this whole process down to maybe an hour. And if even that, you know, there are times where I read the first draft, I go, huh, I'm going to change one word and it's going to be good. <laughs> I mean, you know, which, <laughs> that is a little scary, right? You know, something because I'm thinking, okay. Am I needed to do this? Well, yeah, I still needed to tell it what to do. And then I need to do everything else that goes along with it. Well, no, especially for writing. Like, I think the mm-hmm. hardest thing, like you mentioned that that white screen of of doom, mm-hmm. um, not the same as the blue screen of death when your computer dies. But um, <laughs> but the hardest thing is actually getting started and getting mm-hmm. moving. Right. Like right. Uh, like the book, the way I actually wrote that book mm-hmm. um, is I took transcripts from podcasts mm-hmm. and I put it in one big Google document. Mm-hmm. And then I used the um, the voice to text feature mm-hmm. on Google Sheet or Google mm-hmm. Docs. And then I kind of narrated a lot of what I was doing mm-hmm. into that. And then obviously it's text to speech. So it's mm-hmm. our speech to text. So it comes out as some like gobbledygook, mm-hmm. but that gave me something to work with. Right. right. And I think the hardest thing when you're writing is you need bones. And right. if you don't have that, yeah, you can't Getting build it from any- your brain onto the paper is the hardest thing. And, and even like something we've done as well is like, you know, Mm-hmm. Um, you've learned a little bit about my brand. It's a mm-hmm. chat GPT, you know, and what you've learned about my brand and our previous messages here. Mm-hmm. Can you give me 10 blog post topics I should write? Cause that's even the harder part. It's like, what mm-hmm. do I even write about? What's next? Mm-hmm. Exactly. So like, to me, if you can figure out how to be more efficient with mm-hmm. what you're doing, you're going to be more mm-hmm. productive. I think it's the people right. that ignore it and say, you know, like it's going away, just like the internet's going mm-hmm. away. Like you're going to be in a tough place. Mm-hmm. It's never going to be everything. Right. right. But if you could become more efficient and more productive, mm-hmm. that's when you're going to win. Right. Well, and then it frees you up to do other things, whether it's expanding your business, spending time with your kids, watching sports, reading a book, whatever. You know, it has given you more time to do what you want with. Yes, because I I think I think as well, um, you know, if you even look at culturally um, America versus Europe, like Mm -hmm. in Europe, a lot of times they're taking a siesta in the afternoon. They Mm -hmm. have they have dinner in the afternoon and things like that. But Mm -hmm. here. You know, we work these these long hours that mm-hmm. aren't even always productive. Like I think, mm-hmm. you know, if you look at the nine to five, they say most people do two hours of work in a given mm-hmm. day. Well, it's like, well, let's figure out how to be more productive and then right. just not work all those hours. Mm-hmm. I have no problem if you're if you're creating mm-hmm. great final products, you know? Right. You know, I think that was one of the things that we saw during COVID when everybody was, you know, working from home and, and many people obviously still are, was you know, the boss, the manager. Oh, poor micromanagers, all their little heads just exploded, right? Um, Because they couldn't look at what you were typing. What are you doing now? Um, But, you know, I think what really freaked people out was that productivity in many cases did go up. 
But they also figured out, you know what, they're working four hours in, as opposed mm-hmm. to eight hours. And, you know, or they're working at 10 p.m. and and all of these various things. And the, the companies and organizations that went, wow, this works mm-hmm. are obviously much further along than the ones that went, nope, you got to come back into the office. <laughs> That's one of the biggest reasons we grew so much during mm-hmm. the pandemic is we've always been a virtual company. You right. know, we have. We have employees in three different countries and mm-hmm. in five different states and mm-hmm. things like that. And, you know, we obviously we have the time clock set mm-hmm. up so you can't edit it and it figures out mm-hmm. like what part of the country you're in. So the right. timestamps are right mm-hmm. and things. But like I'll have somebody clock in at 10 o'clock at night and work on a project and things like right. that. It's like I if you are productive and your mm-hmm. stats are up, I really mm-hmm. don't care. Right. And I think far too long we've we've based things on like. I'm available right mm-hmm. now. So you need to be working right mm-hmm. now so I can right. be here and watch you. Well, mm-hmm. if you hire great people mm-hmm. that are productive and produced mm-hmm. and are excited about what they're doing, I really don't care when they're working. Right. Yeah. As long as it gets done. And and people's schedules are just so bizarre. I mean, you mentioned at the very start that that you are expecting your third child. Well, we may start seeing that you're doing a lot of stuff at three in the morning, <laughs> right? Because yes. you're up. <laughs> um, and I, I go for I go for a run every morning mm-hmm. at six a.m. and I right. work out at, at, mm-hmm. at that time too. You know why? Because mm-hmm. my kids are still sleeping. Mm-hmm. Like you know, it's it's yeah. you, you got to kind of figure out how to right. build your. We've tried to build work around our life, mm-hmm. or build build our life around work rather than mm-hmm. build our build work around our right. life. And I think if you can figure out how to do that, there's a lot mm-hmm. of magic in that. Right. Right. Now, there's another chapter in your book that I really liked. And like I said, I liked them all. Um, uh, but but I love this one. Done is better than perfect. And, you know, I am one of those. I'm like, but the comma needs to, you know, oh, ah, you know, and but when I finally figured out, first of all, I mean, and this is kind of scary. People don't notice. I mean, you know, you can have typos. You can have, you know, now, obviously, you can't have egregious types of, of errors. Sure. But. Almost nobody is going to say, Jeremy, that article was perfect. What they're going to say is, Jeremy, that article really moved me. Yeah. Um, it's funny because my wife's on the other side of that. Where she's like, oh, my God, you had this typo and that typo. See, and, oh see, my, how did you email this out? And yeah. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, but it was emailed out. Mm-hmm. We're already moving forward. It's already right. like to me, like I'd rather work on future iterations of something mm-hmm. than worrying about like you know, how perfect mm-hmm. is it? Right. Because, right. you know, I've learned from my actions already while you're mm-hmm. out there trying to figure out how to spell things. Right. So like, mm-hmm. to me, that's, that's, that's the way I really look at it. And mm-hmm. that's when I look at a lot of the successful people that I've interviewed, that's a trait I really admire mm-hmm. because you get this, this idea of, um, you know, paralysis by analysis, mm-hmm. right? Like you're analyzing, is it perfect yet? Is it mm-hmm. ready yet? Is it going to happen yet? Right. And you just never get it out there. Right. And frankly, that user feedback mm-hmm. and that real world experience mm-hmm. is one of the best teachers. Right. This goes back to what I was talking about, mm-hmm. about, you know, life and experience being a great teacher. It's mm-hmm. the same way I look at producing things. Mm-hmm. If I can get it out there and obviously the quality is up to the level I want, mm-hmm. if there's some misspellings, if the color's a little bit off, right. that's fine. We're going to figure it out down the road. But mm-hmm. I need that user feedback because mm-hmm. I will tell you, like, one of the first courses I built, I built it the other way where it had to be perfect and it had to be mm-hmm. dead and it had to be that. And I spent so long building this darn thing mm-hmm. that by the time I got out there, nobody wanted it. Mm-hmm. And I think you can waste so much time not getting real user experience on right. something, not getting feedback and not growing. You can mm-hmm. keep yourself small mm-hmm. by everything had to be perfect. Mm-hmm. Well, and that also ties into the fact that it's okay to fail, um, you know, and, and uh, you know, unless it is life or death. 
it's okay, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and and um, you know, now I you know maybe if you lose a million dollars, that might not be good either. Unless well, that, that's like that, Elon. I'd say it's a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and what they say, he lost like two hundred million dollars in a day, and yeah. but then that also depends on who you are, right? right. Like for him, yeah. like mm-hmm. he's gotten to a point where that doesn't hurt him as bad. Right. You know, for right. you and me, that would probably destroy mm-hmm. us. But right. like mm-hmm. you look at it, and he's willing to take a mm-hmm. higher risk right. of done being better than perfect. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and, and, but it, it does come back to taking that risk. You know, it doesn't have to be perfect. We're going to learn from our mistakes, all of those various things. I mean, it really, it, that, that, you know, it, I mean, your book is called, oh, I have to find it here. Sorry about that. Um, you know, unremarkable to extraordinary because unremarkable is okay. You know, and, and, and I'm, and I shouldn't say it that way because for many people, they're fine with that. And that's okay. But there are also many people who know they could be more. And I think yes. that's the the thing. Um, is you know, how do you get that more part? Um, you know, and, and then there's this other chapter in your book that that and that kind of struck me because it was like, hmm. And that was the, you know, we're 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 taught, you know, live your passion. And you're like, no, nah, not so much. So explain that a little bit more. Well, I want to say one thing to the title first, and then I'll get back. To, I'll, mm-hmm. I will definitely get to that because I think that the the point I was trying to make is I think we're all essentially unremarkable. It's the mm-hmm. things we do that make us extraordinary. Right. And I think you know some people may be born with a little bit more, some mm-hmm. people may be born with a little bit less. Mm-hmm. But like you know what, if you keep showing up every day, you're bound mm-hmm. to be more successful than not. Right. And I think that's just something we all need to take mm-hmm. home. Um, and then I guess looking at the other side of it, then looking at passion, I think too often. And it's, I don't know if it's my generation. I don't know if it's before that, but I've heard a lot out of my generation. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm almost 37. So it's, mm-hmm. you know, I'm in, I'm almost 40. And um, people have this idea of like, if you just love what you do, you're never going to work a day in your oh, life. Well, I hate that I, saying. <laughs> I hate to tell you this, Deb. You're going to have to work really damn hard. And some days it's going to be easy and some days it's going to mm-hmm. be hard. But here's the thing if you have a purpose for mm-hmm. what you do, if you like what you right. do, you're going to be willing to work harder mm-hmm. than the person next to you. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what it comes down to. It's this really great book that I've read uh, by Cal Newport, and it's called So Good They Can't Ignore You. It's actually based mm-hmm. off uh, the biography of uh, Steve Martin, the comedian. Mm-hmm. And I said, Steve, how did you get to be you know, this this big famous actor? You're, mm-hmm. you're Steve Martin. He goes, mm-hmm. well, you know, I just kept showing up until one day I was so good they can't mm-hmm. ignore me. And that's what it comes down to is mm-hmm. you get better and better and better and better at something. And you may not like it at first. You may, mm-hmm. like, may not be good you at it at first. You hate it. You may hate it. And mm-hmm. and the better you get at it, the more mm-hmm. effortless it becomes. Right. Well, you know what? You're going to find you're pretty mm-hmm. darn passionate then. But mm-hmm. I think to say that this thing has to be the thing and you don't even mm-hmm. know, you know, people hate hearing this, but you don't even know if it's going to make money yet. Mm-hmm. Well, without money, you can't do a lot of things, right? right? So yeah. you have to you figure can't, out. You can't pay your mortgage with wishful yes. thinking. So does my purpose connect to my ability to make mm-hmm. profit? Because if it doesn't, you're not going to be doing mm-hmm. it very long. And I think that's what it comes down to. You're going to find when it becomes effortless, when you get really good at it, when you mm-hmm. get able to do something, mm-hmm. you're going to find you're passionate about mm-hmm. something. Um, one of our clients um, is a, a mold remediation guy. Mm-hmm. And he is the most brilliant person I've ever talked about mold. The guy loves mold. I'll tell you what, before he started this company, he didn't give two you know, rats uh-huh. butts about, right. about mold. Mm-hmm. But he got so deep mm-hmm. into the knowledge of it where he could look at a wall and he could tell you what mm-hmm. species of, the, of mold that that thing mm-hmm. is. That's where you put your passion second, mm-hmm. right? You get good at something mm-hmm. and you're like, man, I love this thing. Mm-hmm. But you, you have to put that first. I think you're really being short-sighted. Mm-hmm. Right. 
Well, and I think that's why we see so many businesses fail is because they've been told, you know, you should love what you're doing. Well, there's a lot of what I do that I don't love. Now, the cool thing is a lot of that you can delegate. You can find other ways, you know, like we were talking about other ways to do it, all those various things. But there's also more ways than ever to be profitable in 2023. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, you know, and and you know, and and just finding those—it's yeah—that's that's the key. Yeah, I, I, I it's I agree with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and, and but yeah, it, it's it really is, and I think, like I said, that one was one that really struck me because you know we we always have people that say, "Well, now, what is your passion?" And how many people go? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, you know, and but that that was my life experience, right. Deb. Like, I mm-hmm. I I loved I loved mm-hmm. history and I enjoyed it. And right. you know, I got there. And I'm like, mm-hmm. dear God, I don't want to do this the rest right. of my life. Yeah. And I think you you have to have some experience, like mm-hmm. like to be able to like you know learn is this something I want right. to do? And sometimes you're going right. to find out. Let's it goes back to that that ana- analogy mm-hmm. of seminary. You're either going to come out a priest, or you're going to come out saying, I really don't want to do this, yeah. and Ooh, both well, things are okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Well, and to me, it's also that. Sometimes what you're doing can allow you to do your passion, Um, you know, and, and so, you know, maybe your passion is, you know, to, to help others build homes, you know, through like say Habitat for Humanity, but you have to work (laughs) in order to be able to do that because it comes back to, yes, we need money. So yeah, sometimes it is that, you know, you, you do other things in order to be able to do your passion. Absolutely. Like you got to be able to fund it. And if it it goes Mm -hmm. back to your passion, you know, either needs to be profitable or needs to have something Mm -hmm. to fund it. And if you can't, you know, you might love underwater basket weaving, but Mm -hmm. if you can't figure out how to make a business out of that, or you can't Mm -hmm. figure out how to make some way fund it, then it's, it's not going to work. Right. So I think that's what it really comes down to. And I, I will tell you when I started my podcast early on, I had this weird viewpoint of like, you know, I was this artist and like, I can't make money with this podcast. If I made money, this podcast, it would make me a fraud. And it a devalues it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like, okay, but like, if I didn't mm-hmm. decide I was going to make money with this mm-hmm. thing somehow, nine years later, I wouldn't be doing it. And right. I think that's what it comes down to. If mm-hmm. you want longevity, mm-hmm. if you want staying power, if you want the ability to do something, it's got to be profitable. Mm-hmm. I love having conversations with right. people. I love doing podcasts, mm-hmm. but you know what? YouTube pays us a lot of money mm-hmm. and we have a, we also have our business that's able to support me as well. Mm-hmm. So like at the same time, like figure out how to make it profitable. Mm-hmm. That is really important. Right. You know, I remember years ago, you, you would have been this tiny little, little person. Um, I was trying to figure out what I was, like I said, I had a degree in social science and, you know, so I worked as an admin assistant. I mean, you know, and, and, but I was trying to figure out what was next. And, and so that was about the point where the book, what color is your parachute? came out. Um, and then, you know, the next one along was, I think, you know, who moved your cheese? I mean, all those various things, but, but yeah. So, you know, what color was your parachute? And, but I was talking to, to somebody who very wise person, you know, they said, well, what do you like to do for fun? And so I said, oh, I do this and I do this and I do this and I do this. And, and a big part of it was I volunteered for organizations doing like their newsletters for them and their marketing for them and all of those things. And this very wise person said, is there a reason you don't want to make money at that? <laughs> and I, seriously, I was like, it's somehow the make money and the have fun were not meeting 
And that's mm. the problem. You know, they, like we said, they're not always going to overlap, you know, and, and all of those things. But for some reason, I thought there had to be a really big space between them. And there didn't. You know, that was mm. about the point where I said, hey, I want to do public relations. I want to do marketing. And fortunately, mm. here I still am. Well, and 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 that goes right back to it because I'm sure you enjoy those things now and you mm-hmm. I'm sure you you think you're able to think like, you know, mm-hmm. on your feet really fast with the things now. And I'm sure that wasn't the case when right. you first decided to do mm-hmm. it. So I think too often as well, we allow the fear of what we don't know mm-hmm. and, you know, where, you know, like uncertainty of that mm-hmm. be something to stall us out. Right. But if you can figure out how to get better and better and better at something, mm-hmm. then you're going to find you get really mm-hmm. good at it. So I think that's just, it's a really important thing to know. Right. You know, it's funny as as I was reading your book, you know, there were a lot of of things that you know we, you were talking about all these, and, and um, you know, and, and I thought, I wonder what you think of you know because we were saying, you know, that you know you must do what you love and all those things. What do you think about this saying? You should never be the smartest person in the room. Hmm. I don't know because that's because here's the thing: like, I don't value. This goes back to what I value again. I don't mm-hmm. value being the smartest person mm-hmm. as much as I value aptitudes. That's the ability to actually right. use that intelligence mm-hmm. and use it quickly. Mm-hmm. So like to me, I actually value leadership and intelligence more. Mm-hmm. Right. Because if, if you can get everybody in that room organized mm-hmm. and get them to do something, well, I don't care how smart you are then. You mm-hmm. you got something accomplished that right. somebody else may not have been able mm-hmm. to accomplish. Um, you even look at like in the, the early days of the pandemic, we had some of the smartest people available and we still made a lot of mistakes, right? So it doesn't <laughs> always matter being the smartest mm-hmm. person, right. but if you're the person that can, you know, you have the ability to apply what you know mm-hmm. and the other, and the ability to lead other people in that, mm-hmm. well, there's a lot of value in that. Mm-hmm. So to me, soft skills are more valuable mm-hmm. in terms of like aptitude mm-hmm. and leadership, because right. if you can organize people, you can get something done. Mm-hmm. And I think if you look at that, you can be really smart and you mm-hmm. can be really intelligent. It's not to say, that's not to say I'm not like I, I have an mm-hmm. IQ in the one forties, but at the mm-hmm. same time, like I have an ability to, to organize people. Mm-hmm. And I think when you can do that, there is so much value mm-hmm. in that, that I really don't care about being the smartest right. person in any room. I really, I, I really don't. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and it does come back to how do you define it? Um, yes. You know, you talk in your book about how do you define success? And there's a, really only one definition that counts yours. You know, that's, that's the thing is, you know, it it is, it's just, you know, how do you define success? Because it's going to be very different than how I define success. Um, You know, and, and I think that's where people do get caught up again is, um, you know, and, and you talk about in the book as to, you know, how people define extraordinary. It's, it is, it's like, you know, it is different for every single person. And I think we, we not only have to acknowledge that we have to embrace it, you know, and, and, and we have to realize you know, here's what I think, here's what you think, and neither is right, neither is wrong. Well, I think often too, like we're measuring ourselves up against other people. Right. And and coming up short. Yeah. And there's a really great saying, and I'm Mm going to butcher it, so I'm just going to paraphrase here. And it's you're you're measuring your chapter one versus somebody else's chapter 10, right? Mm -hmm. Like just because you're in a different place in life means your life experience can be different Mm -hmm. or, you know, what's happening may be different. So I think as well, there's just too many variables for us to do that, but far mm-hmm. too often that's how we do it. Mm-hmm. So you have to decide, you know, what is my purpose? What do I want? Mm-hmm. What is ideal for me? Mm-hmm. You know, and where am I in relation to what that ideal is? Mm-hmm. Am I measuring up to that ideal? If I'm not, what am I going to do to change mm-hmm. the scene? Right? Like, what am I going to do to change things? Mm-hmm. So you can't depend on other people to decide that for you because mm-hmm. you know what? If you're not happy and they are, well, why are you living this life? Right. You know what I mean? And I think that's what mm-hmm. it really comes down to. Like, you mm-hmm. have to figure out. 
if you're not happy doing this, Mm -hmm. why are you living this life? Mm -hmm. Right. Well, oh my gosh, Jeremy, this has been so much fun. We have to do this again because this is this has just been one of those those discussions that I, it could go on and on and on. Um, but you know, until then, tell people a little bit more about where they find you. What are the services that you provide? Because, like we said, you got to make money. Um, you know, so so tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, so I have a company called Command Your Brand, and we help people mm-hmm. to be amazing guests on podcasts. We also have a new service we rolled out where uh, we do a full video and audio production of your show, as well as uh, help to get it found on YouTube doing video optimization. And uh, you can find us over at commandyourbrand.com. Also, um, if you want to grab the book that we've been talking about today, that's over at getextraordinarybook.com. And once again, that book is called uh, Unremarkable to Extraordinary. So uh, I really appreciate you having me today, Deb. I love it. You know, we've we've been having a lot of fun talking about what in some ways is is pretty serious, um, you know, and and but I think that's part of it is we have to get enjoyment out of life too. You know, it's not just nose to the grindstone, work 80 hours a week. Now nah, we got to have fun. We got to have fun conversations. People always ask me, you know, what do you get out of your podcast? Because it's not monetized. I get the most fun conversations and I get to meet cool people. I mean, you know, that's, that is to me, that's, that's the, the, the true benefits of it. Yeah. Well, you know, Jeremy, like I said, you know, this this has been absolutely fantastic and I can't wait to to chat again. But until then, do you have any final thoughts that you want to leave everyone with? I would say the biggest thing and it's it's kind of been a theme in our conversation today is, you know, you have to work hard at something, you have to let life be your teacher, and if you're going to do that, you're going to find that you're going to be a lot more right than you're wrong, right? Because if you're going to learn from experience and things like that, I think there's so much value in that. Theory is great, but practical is the thing most people are missing. So I think if you can kind of string that together, you're going to have a lot of success in life. Oh my gosh, this has been so much fun. Well, I'm Deb Creer. I've been talking with Jeremy Ryan Slate. He is the host of Create Your Own Life podcast, the CEO of Command Your Brand, and the author of Unremarkable to Extraordinary. And until next time, everyone have a great day. Tune in for our next program for even more trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. The Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer, is proud to be part of the C-Suite Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.